Welcome to this week's edition of Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by a woman who spent a great deal of her life healing and learning what it means to truly heal the mind, the body, and the spirit. Natalie Reimer Anderson joins us today and shares her story and her healing journey and gives us so much wisdom about how we can learn how to truly tap into this healing power within ourselves. Before we get to the chat with Natalie, I wanted to just say it feels so good today to be back home. I've been traveling over the last few weeks. Some of you know I was in Nashville and uh, Toronto. And today, I just uh, it's my first day back at home and I'm feeling so good. And I'm especially feeling good because my neck pain has subsided. For those of you that don't know, almost every single year, like right around my birthday in November, I experienced this like crazy neck pain. And it's happened almost every year that I can remember where I wake up one morning just around my birthday and my neck just like totally, it's sore. It's like I slept on it funny. So I've been doing a lot of like thinking about what exactly does this mean? And you know, whenever you experience things like neck pain or any physical ailment in your body, I'm of the belief system that our body is trying to share its wisdom with us and trying to get our conscious mind's attention. So often we're spending so much time in our thinking mind overanalyzing, trying to figure it all out up there. But the truth is, when our mind learns how to listen to our body, our body actually has so much wisdom to share. And in fact, this is where all of our intuition lives. This is where all of our wisdom lives. And our body tends to speak to us in the language of sensation. So when I woke up with a sore neck a few weeks ago, I, uh, I immediately went to this place of who's my pain in the neck? I remember reading uh, several years ago, Louise Hay's book called You Can Heal Your Life. And Louise believes that everything correlates back to our belief system. All the, the diseases and ailments that we experience on the physical level go all the way back to what we've chosen to believe and what we've held as memory in the body. So I was trying to think about like, who's my pain in the neck? And uh, to be honest, like nobody really came up. So I was like, what the heck does this mean? And so I sat with this a little longer and I asked my mom, I'm like, do you have any idea like what this neck pain could be about? And after a conversation with my mom, I have a new theory about what's going on with my neck. Now, I'm just going to preface that some of you probably will resist this and think this is totally crazy. Your saboteur, that, that mind comes up and tells, tells you Keith is nuts. But the truth is, I think there's something to it. My mom explained to me that when I was born, back when I was a little baby and I was born, when I was in the womb, my head was kind of tilted and they had a really, really hard time in the delivery and they ended up having to use forceps to deliver me. And I think that the trauma from that and uh, to my physical body is still being held as memory in, in my memory, in my body. Now, you might think that's crazy, but why is it that every single November this neck pain comes up? Our body, besides holding all memory, tends to also run on patterns and repetition. And so I think that my body's learned this pattern over time that come November, you're going to be in trauma because um, you relive that birth. So as crazy as this might sound, I've decided to spend some time just going into meditation mode and reprogramming my memories about when I was a baby. So uh, I do this regularly every morning when I first wake up right now, I close my eyes And I just imagine myself as a little baby in the womb and my head is going straight and I'm about to be delivered and it's just like this really peaceful process. 
And not only do I think about it, but I actually try to feel it too. Just the feeling and the thought of a little peaceful baby in the womb that's going to be all right and healing. And I have to tell you, I think this actually made a difference because the last few days since I've been practicing it, my neck pain subsided. Now, for those of you that are total skeptics going, Keith, you're crazy, you're crazy. Um, you know, you can, you can believe whatever you want here. I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm just telling you something that I thought was kind of cool. And I don't have any science to back it up. It's just my own personal experience. But this leads me into the conversations that I'm about to have today with, uh, with Natalie Reimer Anderson. Natalie is a self-love coach. She has a huge, amazing healing journey that's taken place in her over the years. And we're going to be talking a lot more about this connection between our mind, our body, and our spirit. So I want you to sit back. I really invite you to open your mind before we have this conversation and get ready to take in the wisdom and the learnings from Natalie Reimer Anderson. All right, joining me on the podcast, a friend of mine that I know and I don't know as much as I'd like to know. So I invited her on to talk to us today. Uh, Natalie Reimer Anderson's here. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Keith. Yeah. Thanks for having me. How's life going these days? Well, it's 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 real. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. It's real. It's um yeah, it's beautiful, beautifully abundant and not always amazing in, you know, the way that that we want everything to line up, but there's there's always something beautiful in it. And that's that's how I choose to see it. I love it. Yeah. Well, take us all the way back. There's people that aren't familiar with your work yet and mm. um just in all that I've heard about what you do and just seeing you speak at the IM Festival last year mm-hmm. and um, knowing little glimpses of your story, mm-hmm. uh, you do a lot of work as a coach, a transformational coach. What's, mm-hmm. what's the official title you say? Well, I, I call myself a self-love coach. Yeah. But it, it, I mean, because to me, that's like the fundamental underlying purpose of, of what I do and why I'm here. And uh, on top of all that, I mean, we, we talk about health and um, I'm a health coach, nutritionist, personal trainer. I sort of have like all of these hats that I wear, but to me, the most important piece and the sort of, I guess the piece that a lot of people don't consider is that self-love, that relationship to self, because it's, it's primary. It, it affects all of your other relationships, those, to, those to people, finances, your, your, your sexuality, the way that you care for your body. Everything is, is about self-love. Wow. Mm-hmm. So if you go all the way back to like even when you were a kid, like did you know that you were going to be doing this as a calling? Not at all. Really? Not at all, no. <laughs> In fact, it took for me to become very ill because of my lack of self-love that um, I finally, you know, through this incredibly synchronistic series of events, came to a, a, a threshold where if I didn't change the way that I was living... I was going to die. That was Whoa. confirmed by a doctor. Like he's like, I actually don't know how you're still alive right now. And um, you know, one of the questions that he he looked me in the eye and asked me, "Do you love yourself?" And it was in that moment that I burst into tears because I knew that the answer was no. And I also knew that you know, with the compassion that he was looking back at me with, that he was he was basically telling me, "Here's the key." take it and unlock that prison that you're in and love yourself. And that literally, like, I feel like it ignited a pilot light that was flickering out in me. And from that point forward, it was just like, how can I do this? How can I start to love myself and 
that's basically where my my health transformed, my life transformed. And within, you know, maybe 18 months, I had gone from having a severe debilitating autoimmune conditioning condition to nearly healing myself. And then a few short late, short um, years later, completely being healed of an autoimmune condition. Wow. Which I have to add, allopathic medicine does not believe is possible. They think that you can manage an autoimmune condition, but the truth is our bodies are capable of healing beyond anything we've ever been allowed to believe or told. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that peace, that self-love peace was what turned that that prison and opened that door for oh, me. What a transformative moment. The So autoimmune disease, um, mm-hmm. for people listening that aren't familiar with it, what, what exactly is that? I actually met somebody earlier this week at a talk mm-hmm. that came up to me and said she was dealing with that right now. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually didn't really know what it meant. Well, the definition of it is is autoimmune is it's your your own cells are attacking or your body is attacking your own cells, your own self. And um, I mean, if you just look at that at, at an energetic level, just that idea of like, we're turning on ourselves, mm, right? Yeah. And there's, it's multifactorial. And I wouldn't ever say that, you know, there's, there's only one way of, of healing it because we have to look at the entire environment in which like we have become sick yeah. and start to, to correct all of those things. But um, yeah, autoimmunity is, it's epidemic right now. Um, I work with so many clients that are expressing with different kinds of, of autoimmune disease. They are things like Crohn's disease, MS. In my case, it was Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which a lot of women happen to express with. Um, there, there's many others, but the, um, even even diabetes is starting to be considered an autoimmune condition. Wow. So, yeah, lots. Unbelievable. So when you look back now with mm-hmm. all that you've gained and wisdom around the healing process, mm-hmm. what was it attributing to? Was it, was it at the core that it was like not loving yourself? So physically the body was attacking itself? Well, that, I mean, that is how I see it. Yeah. Because, um, you know... W- as I said earlier, when we love ourselves, all of our relationships start to align. So our relationships to feeding ourselves, our relationships to nutrition, right? So, so yes, like the actual physical things, mm-hmm. but then the, the psycho-spiritual stuff is, that is the, the biggest part that isn't addressed in modern medicine, right? In that, how do you perceive yourself? For me, the, the biggest change happened when I went into you know, really excavating down into those layers of my early childhood programming mm. um, around around security, around love, around my worthiness of being heard, which, you know, consequently, when you think of the energetic connection of the voice, um, you know, my my autoimmunity was in my throat. The the thyroid sits right here in the in the throat, which is your Vashuddhi chakra, which is your your place of your creative expression, where right. your voice resides, right? Yeah. So for me, um, you know, growing up in um, a culture where children, especially girl children, were seen and not heard, and, you know, in a place where I really um, grew up in a really um, right-wing fundamentalist Christian home, and to me, there was a lot of things that I had a lot of questions, but I mistakenly felt like, I wasn't allowed to question because that would be questioning faith. So a lot of what I did was just suppress. And it's and it can be, um, and I've come to to love 
my upbringing now because I see how it's brought me here. But right. it it can be, if, if it's misunderstood, it can be a very repressive way of living. So I felt like my voice was suppressed and repressed for, for many, many years, um, not just because of my environment, because of but because of my own beliefs about myself and what, whether I had things that were worthy of being said. Right. So um, as I began to heal, it, it, it really became about like exercising my voice, exercising my powerful voice and being able to speak. I, I literally went for most of my life being nearly mute. Wow. <laughs> You wouldn't be able to really? to get that now because no, you're you know, such a fluent, I'm a talker. I'm yeah, a talker. talker. It's amazing. It's I like, am now, but uh, you know, incredibly shy child, always wow. feeling um, very judged. You know, not a lot of freedom, and uh, so so that was part of reclaiming my health was just really getting in touch with my own expression and my own voice, and that I have something worthy of saying and worthy of being heard. And if there's one thing that I provide to my clients now, it is that I have learned how to be um, an impeccable listener. Hmm. And everybody, healing begins once people feel heard. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I So you're back to this place where the doctor asks you, do you love yourself mm-hmm. in that moment? It's like mean, that turning point to just have this epiphany like, Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I've never even thought of that or realized it. What does it mean? Like, what have you come to discover in terms of what does it mean to love yourself? We hear this so commonly in our culture of, you, do you love yourself? Love yourself. Mm-hmm. What's the, what has the process been for you, that journey of loving yourself? What mm-hmm. does this mean? Well, that, that's a, you know, that's a really, um, there's so many things that I can say. <laughs> that's a big question. It's for a sure. huge, yeah. Yeah, it is. Range it is. Of things. Um, what I would say is we are all love. We come into this world loving ourselves. So it's, it's not, um, it's not so much how do we learn to love ourselves is how do we remove the blocks and the veils that have stopped us from seeing the love that we are. Whoa. The love that we're, we're born into. It's, I'm, I mean, my favorite quote, that Rumi quote that. Um, it's not to seek for love, but to remove all the blocks. Right, to, all the barriers that... Exactly, yeah. And so it's, when I was saying earlier about like stepping back and looking at what are these things that happen to us in early childhood that program us to believe something about ourselves where we're, we're misbelieving, right? We're, we're creating and we're choosing those beliefs, which is... The, the really difficult thing to grasp. But the beauty in that is if we choose those mistaken beliefs, we can unchoose them and mm. we can choose again as adults. There's such a freedom, as you say that to mm. me, that we actually really can decide what we want to think about and believe. Absolutely. Yet so many mm. of us are brought up to believe we can't do that. And it's mm-hmm. we're the prisoner of our society or our conditioning mm-hmm. or the, just that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking as you were talking about how we came in from love and little babies, I heard when they're first born, um, they don't even recognize themselves in the mirror. It's almost like they came from mm. this like unconditional oneness oh, and they just, they show up here. And then I think it's around the age of two, they see themselves in the mirror for the first time. And the, the first response is usually like laugh and playfulness. 
you know, Beautiful. like it's yeah. that. And then all of a sudden we, we get told all the rules and how we should be this and that and not good enough. And then you're just, you don't even, you get to the mirror and you don't even mm-hmm. <laughs> want to look. You're mm-hmm. like this crit- critical side. And I just love how, you, as you're speaking, like this invitation to return back to what we were and what we are at the core mm-hmm. is that place of love. Like how powerful is this? Um, people listening right now are probably like, well, this is nice. It's a nice thing to talk about, but how do you actually put that in practice? Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that people can do to just even start initiating the process of it? Like self-love, how does that work? Well, um, one of the, the things that I teach is that process of, of looking at what you're believing about yourself. That's a lie. Okay. And that is causing you to not see, to not be able to look in that mirror and and giggle and just love what's looking back at you. How do you find those things? So um, you, you, you find them in your discomfort. You find them in your suffering. You find them in what triggers you. Wow. Every time you're triggered or you're suffering, it is your awareness trying to bring to your attention what is in need of healing. And it's a misbelief that's in need of healing. So the first thing that you do is you you challenge that belief. So if, if you're feeling, um, I mean, it could be something as simple as being cut off in traffic. I right. usually use this with people um, <laughs> because we all really understand this. I mean, we share a lot of things, but this is one that, that um, yeah, definitely people resonate with. <laughs> so getting cut off in traffic and if, if it really disturbs your peace, it's signaling to you that there's that's a thread that needs to be pulled until that sweater is basically unraveled. Oh, wow. Basically that ball, right, of of knots is is needing to be unraveled. So you almost chase what that actual feeling is because you're not being triggered because someone cut you off in traffic. You're being triggered because there's something that you believe about yourself that that person or that situation is drawing your attention to. Wow, like an old memory kind of? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a fascinating thing. It, it all comes down to, you know, early childhood programming between about zero seven, uh, sorry, zero to seven mm-hmm. years of age, where we're basically in a, a mental recording device. Like our computer is just recording everything and it's, it's assessing based on what's happening. And of course, as a child, you're the center of your own world, right? You're, it's very self-centered yes. in a healthy narcissistic way. But then you also imply that everything is a cause of you and everything is your fault, right? So as you go through your day and, and one day mommy's happy, that's, well, that's because of you in your oh, mind. Wow. And then the next day when mommy's not happy, well, you also perceive that that's because of you. So we carry these things and they shape our identity and who we perceive ourselves to be. So back to the idea of, that, you know, that's- fascinating yeah. <laughs> just to say just that that piece that you, how you just described that mm-hmm. and the, I just want to pause there for a second sure. because I'm just it's reminding me of things like um how, perspective and we don't really know it when we're a little kid so even though the situation might not have ever been intended a certain way mm-hmm. we like took on that belief and just based on our we didn't know any better exactly. it was like that, that was my perspective when my mom was mad, but it wasn't actually about me. She was having a bad day or she was being triggered by a memory. Or So you just nailed huh. it because that's what we did as children. We decided in that moment, huh. what does this say about me? Right. And we made up a belief about who we were. That's that barrier that we're talking about that needs to come down. That's the belief that, oh, okay, 
that happened, therefore I am, and we decided something about ourselves based on the situation. Right. We carry that belief about ourselves into our adulthood, and we have believed that belief for so long that we don't even know that it's a belief and that beliefs can change. It's just like reality. Yes. When you're presented with new evidence, right, you can believe something completely different. But the problem is because we chose those beliefs so early on, mm-hmm. we go through our entire life only collecting evidence to prove that belief true. It's whoa, right? So like bad detectives, we have decided that we're guilty and we're only looking for evidence to support this negative belief about ourselves. So we find it in the world wherever we go. Wow. And of course I'm unworthy. Look, that person just cut me off in traffic. Look at how unworthy I am. That's what it's actually triggering. Whoa. Because you're like, that's unjust. He shouldn't have done that. And really, it's not about that at all. Because if that was a healed part of you, that wouldn't even bother you. It might irritate you within 20 seconds. It's gone. It has no physiological response in the body. And therefore, there's no need for disease to to be created. That's incredible. So so disease Mm -hmm. stems from this, this place of holding memory that hasn't been it is a large part it is a very very it's the biggest part can you explain that a little bit more in depth like how that happens because that's really fascinating yeah so so it's an incongruency with with the energy of the body and basically what what happens is when we are not in our alignment with who we truly are with what we truly are with with that love that Mm. pureness of Mm -hmm. of what you know the essence of who we are um are we're always compensating essentially mm-hmm. and the bodies um when we're feeling feelings about ourselves that are incongruent with our truth right due to these misbeliefs there's there's a cascade of chemicals that's always being released like that there that's where the, the spirit is meeting the actual physical, physical right yeah because this organism that we are this like trillions of cells that that make up this community that is the body us, yeah yeah it's, it's always responding to the vibration of what we believe about ourselves, how we feel about ourselves. Wow. So there's chemical responses to our feelings in our body. We, I mean, everybody basically knows about, you know, adrenaline, cortisol, some of the, the more negative ones, some of the, the fight or flight. Well, when we're in a state of this incongruency, which is like fear, lack mentality, you know, um, that the world is, is a bad place, that I'm a bad person. We're constantly releasing these chemicals that tell us, um, remind us of how um, we're in we're in a fearful place. Yeah, and th- you know you can just feel that that the tension fit. in the body. I know. Right? Just talking about it mm-hmm. actually, and mm-hmm. and kind of thinking about getting cut off in traffic, for example. Like I feel myself clench up slightly. Yeah, it's very subtle, but even though it's not happening right now, mm-hmm. just thinking about that memory, I feel the energy of it, and I'm like, yeah. ugh, yeah. And, and the beautiful thing about that is this is actually a gift. So when you feel those triggers, mm-hmm. it again is that signal to something that wants your attention because it's due for healing. It's ready. So it's coming up to clear or to process or to, to yeah. heal. Well, it, so how does it correlate back to disease? Like these, mm-hmm. this energetic kind of piece and the chemical piece of mm-hmm. the body. Like how does that turn into disease? It, it turns into disease because we practice this for so long. It's like if you have, um, you know, wow. you have an injury that that doesn't get healed. Like over time, um, this this repetition 
eventually it shows up in the body. It manifests in the body, right? Like all of these things. Um, and then compound that with not caring for ourselves, not taking care of ourselves, not giving ourselves our body the nutrition that it needs. For example, you know, the <laughs> I I want to quote someone, I think her name's Chris Carr, and she says, right, eat, right, drink, right, think. I love Chris Carr's yes, work. Yeah, yes, it's beautiful stuff. And it's so it's so fundamentally true. It's like... What, what was the saying again? I want to hear that. Right, eat, right. right, drink, right, think. And she's sort of one of the, the pioneers of like, hey, like we actually need to pay attention to how we think about ourselves and how we, we you know, out picture. Because, you know, in, in my belief system now, having healed my body... I know that this this physical organism is an outpicturing of my subconscious mind. This is this is a, a billboard of what I believe and perceive about myself. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. In in almost every case, you know, I don't I haven't met one yet, but um, I I don't have like <laughs> nobody has. I have anecdotal evidence is what I can say. <laughs> I don't have like scientific evidence right. and studies that I can send people to go read. But I know from my life that that this is this is the truth. Unbelievable. Of who we are. Yeah. I'm thinking about. Um, I've done a lot of studying from the ancient Hawaiian culture and the mm. world of Hunakani, and a lot of what you're speaking about reminds me of this work that I've been in. And the word for body in Hawaiian is kino. K-I-N-O, and loosely translated into English, Kino means an extremely condensed collection of thoughts is what, like our body is this extremely condensed collection of thoughts and memory. And as you're talking about it, I'm just thinking about how all the memory is stored in our physical body, Mm -hmm. this unconscious place that you're talking about. And uh, to heal is like to update the memories that aren't Mm -hmm. serving us, I'd suspect. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. That and I I absolutely do believe that true to be true and that's that's why I'm like my program is called the cell to soul self-love solution because the memory is held at a cellular level. Yes. It's that it's like the the soul is the is the macrocosm and the cell is the microcosm of that soul. Wow. Our soul is housed in each one of our cells. So this, you know, um, a lot of spiritual practices disregard the body and you know, want to be very, um, you know, higher chakra and, and beyond. Yeah. And really it's like grounding into this physicality. We've embodied for our purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, we're here to experience the, the senses through this body, mm. right? We've chosen this. Right. So um, to honor this, this as, and I used to think, you know, it's like, it's, it's a vehicle. It's, it's more than that. This, this is, this is part of our soul but it's the tangible part. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think about the creative spirit too, that's like just flowing out through us. Like you were mm-hmm. talking about earlier, like your voice and being able to express and speak or in my case, sing. I don't know if you're a singer, but sing, Not you know, at all, but, <laughs> but just our, our, our hands that write. Yeah. And it's like, I'm thinking about the spirit behind the words or the, the music or the whatever is getting written down and mm-hmm. just how we're, in some ways we are a vehicle, but we're also spirit. We are like, Mm -hmm. it's actually spirit as well Mm -hmm. from what I'm hearing you say. Oh, totally. And in that, I mean, in that creative process, it is literally sourcing, right? It, when you're in that zone, like it's, we are all sourcing, we're sorcerers, we're sorceresses, right? And it's the people that can be the clearest channel to download that, that creative life force, that source, that, 
we're all connected to. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's coming through us, um, coming through some people more than others because they're open to it. Right. Open to receiving, yeah. You know, I am just having a flashback that I remember how I first heard about you is you were doing um, a program on A Course in Miracles, this really amazing book, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Yeah. And it, those of you listening that haven't heard about this book, um, it, it gets referenced a lot in the in what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. And this, I think there's quite a bit to this book. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I'm getting cued to ask you a little bit about this as a, maybe it's a, connected in some way, mm-hmm. but... What is this book all about? A Course in Miracles, and what exactly were you doing with this course? Too, I want to I want to hear about that. Yeah, so that I think that started. Um, I think that's about three years ago now, and I, I it's a it's a pretty in depth um, training, like it's a spiritual training on how to perceive the world differently and how to wake up to the miracle that the miracles that are available to all of us. And they say in the book that a miracle is a, is a shift in perception. So essentially, um, this helps you to shift your perception, to be able to see with new eyes, to lift all those veils. So Mm. um, I struggled with it. I I started and stopped the course like probably three or four times. And I knew, you know what, if I guide people through this and I get a team of people doing this together, I will be able to stick through it. I knew that I could, you know, with that accountability of others, be able to do it. So what was the challenge? It was just, um, so there's 365 lessons. Wow. Um, we started yeah. <laughs> like a daily, a daily lesson. lesson. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So we started that on, on January 1st and I had a group of people follow together with the lessons throughout the year. Um, made a lot of really beautiful connections with other beings that really wanted to do the work and want to, you know, want to heal themselves and, and, by byproduct heal the world right <laughs> cool yeah and um it was it was a, a a challenging thing because um it's it really asks you to go there and to see things differently and i i'm just for some reason lesson 199 is coming back to me i think because it's so relevant to what we were talking about and it's yeah let's um, hear it. i am not a body i am free i am just as god created me so it's funny because it, it feels contradictory to what we were saying, but it's true that like our body, this physical body, is it's inside of us. We aren't inside of it. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things that I took from the course is that, you know, so many of us, we, we go around operating in, in this body and identifying with this body as being who we are, mm-hmm. but it is a layer. It's just a layer of who we are right mm-hmm. it it's this place where we can experience and interact with this world but you know it it um they say in in the course in miracles too if the mind can heal the body then the mind must be more powerful than the body which is true and it goes back to what you're saying with the kino is our mind and how we perceive is what's in control of this this whole organism whoa yeah that is yeah. incredible. So, yeah, The Course in Miracles, I mean, if anybody is is interested, Marianne Williamson is the one that's really been doing for, I mean, decades now, been doing beautiful work bringing that to, to the public and just uh, that idea of, like, atonement in it. You know, it's a very biblical word. I think most of us were introduced to it in that way, but just that idea of at-one-ment, which you, if you break that word down, oh. it's like right in there is like, coming back to oneness, you know? 
Whoa. I love that. I've Isn't never that heard beautiful? that before. Atonement mm. at oneness. At one mint. At, at one, one mint. mint. Yeah. Oh, wow. At one. I'm thinking moment too, but at one mint. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in there. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about yeah. where we came from, like the the oneness. The of, oneness, the source, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Dyer used to talk about this place mm-hmm. of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And um, or he would reference that as like that oneness where you can't separate it. It's just, it's nowhere. It's not in the physical form. And then all of a sudden you take the word nowhere and you split it in half and it's like now here. Oh, And I'm like, I'm now here. Amazing. And it seems like I'm separate from, but I'm actually mm-hmm. still that oneness that I originated mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. because we're heading back there. And um, Muktananda, he used to say this when people would ask him like, what is real? What's real? And Muktananda, this old um, teacher, he used to say that which is real never changes. Mm. And so when I heard that, I was thinking, well, we're always changing. I mean, I just have to look at some of the pictures on the wall over there of me Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And it's like, (laughs) that's not the body I'm in anymore. Mm -hmm. But what stays the same is that essence of where we came from, like that, that knowerness, that oneness. And it's like, it's kind of animating us throughout this constant changing body. But it's like, that seems to be the consistent place to return to. Absolutely. Is this atonement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What what an Mm -hmm. amazing journey, like, and story Mm -hmm. that you're on and... I suspect we're all on, whether we're conscious of it or not. Every single one of us. Wow. You're not here if you did not choose to incarnate in this time and space for some purpose. If you, I mean, there's a lot of trending talk out there about living with purpose and it Hmm. doesn't have to be this big monumental thing. You don't have to be on death's door to have a turnaround. Right. You know, um, the, these things like um, we live in a very celebrity, like su- fame culture, right? Yeah, it's all the bling. Right. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be that. You can have this beautiful, steady, lovely, fulfilling life. You know, it doesn't have to be this big, oh, I, I mean, I happen to have a story of like extremes. Yeah. But um, some people, they, they didn't sign on for that. Mm-hmm. How do you find out what you've signed on for? Well, I think that comes down to that, um, that internal compass. Do you feel good? Do you feel like you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? You know, I think, I think we all kind of know when we're doing that and when we're not, Mm. like when we feel happy and, and content and just like joyful with life, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that could also be first of all, we're here to just be, we're here to experience, we're here to have fun. We're here to learn those lessons. Some people learn them a lot quicker than others. Right. I think I was a slow learner and that's why I had to be like <laughs> slammed with wake up disease. Yeah. 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 Huh. For others. I mean, it, it's, it can be much simpler than that. Wow. Yeah. I'd love to just, um, in the final bit of this, I could, I honestly would love to have you on every week because you, <laughs> you have such deep thinking and truths that come out of you. And it's just so inspiring. Thank you. Uh, you do a work as a life coach or as a, mm-hmm. what's the official title of your work? It's I would say I'm a self-love coach. Self-love yeah. coach. Mm-hmm. Right. You said that. And I, I just would love to hear what that process is like. Um, if somebody's coming to see you, mm-hmm. the self-love coach, like what, what is the process that you take people through? How does mm-hmm. that work? So it's funny. Um, this is all based on the things that I 
did for myself to recover my health and to really like love and honor who I am. Mm, okay. Um, I was on a plane and I was, for some reason I get my best downloads there. I think it's cause like I'm in the sky, I'm closer to God. I don't know, but I was <laughs> yeah, sitting yeah. there and I, I literally downloaded the entire program and it's, it's a nine month program. It's kind of based on a gestational model of three trimesters. Mm-hmm. And in the first trimester, it's all that excavation process that I was talking about where let's look at what those beliefs are, those barriers to loving yourself and begin to challenge those so that we can choose again what we want to believe about ourselves. In the second trimester, we're still doing a lot of that excavation work, but we're transitioning more into, okay, now how do you start to implement and add practices that are going to connect you to your your true self? Wow. Yeah. Nice. And then in the third trimester, we transition more into, well, in my in my beliefs, healing is not complete until we're able to pay that forward. So it's a matter of like, how do you interact with your environment now? How do you radiate this new love and reach out to others and be that for others? And that's how we integrate deeply our own healing. And so through the course of that nine months, at the end of it, you're basically giving birth to your new self. That is amazing. And do you find when people go through this process, is it individual? I should ask that too. Or is it more of a group situation? This is highly individual. I do some group coaching um, twice a year. I have something coming up in January for for, um, a group coaching. But but that nine-month process, it's transformative and it's Um, one-on-one. There's 18 calls. it's also important for me. I have a background as a holistic nutritionist, so um, that is is incredibly important to being able to dislodge that cellular debris and allow us to vibrate at our highest. So mm-hmm. I always look at what the body is saying because the body's always speaking to us. We're just not always listening. Mm-hmm. So with a symptomatology, I get into like, what is your body saying to you? And then how do we address what those needs are and meet those needs of the body? so that you can have your highest expression and you can be here to do and be and learn all the things that you're here to learn. Wow. So that's happening um, in tandem with all the spiritual work that we're doing of that, that other process of discovery. And do you find for each individual session, like it's, um, and somebody that's going through the journey, like is it always different degrees of transformation happening or is it pretty consistent? You go through the program, you get mm-hmm. this result or is it always different for everybody? What do you find? Um, it is as different as each human being is, for sure. So it's like quite yeah. authentic yeah, when it, you're going through it. It absolutely is. But I can say with total confidence that everyone who has been through that program comes out transformed. Wow. They come out. How could you not, right? It's, it, <laughs> it has been like it is the privilege of my life to guide people through the, the nine-month program. Wow. Through any of, of the teachings and any time I get to talk to somebody, but that in particular, it's just like you just see the layers of misbeliefs and the pain and suffering that that has caused being lifted. And like you're talking about feeling that lightness being becoming lighter yeah. because we're returning to what we and who we truly are. Right. You were never not that. It's just been obscured by layers and layers of grime that's literally coating you. Yeah. Through, through all these years and a lot of layers of self-protection, right? Like this, we're born into this place and it's, it's, we're born into fear. Yeah. 
you know? Absolutely. It's yeah. like the worldly conditioned mindset in it a lot is. of ways. I, I, just one more thing about this. I know I have um, some actual coaches listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. And as a coach yourself, how do you um, ensure that you stay in balance? Because working with people on these deep levels of healing and transformation, it can be quite taxing on a, on a coach too. Um, how do you st- keep yourself in tune and in balance? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have a lot of amazing supportive people in my life. So I've surrounded myself by a tribe that, that really helps to look after, um, you know, my energy and just giving to me, my, my husband being one of those, like just amazing, amazing support Mm. for what I do and for, for the work that I'm here to do in this world, in this life. Um, I go for a lot of my own energy, healing, clearing tune-ups. Oh, good. Yeah, definitely. Um, I try to keep my nutrition as impeccable as possible because I do, I operate as a conduit for, for other people and hold space. And so my, that I have to be clear in that way myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I absolutely need to practice what I preach, you know? So, so, so being, being hydrated, being well rested, taking care of this, this physical organism that, that is the gift that it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, huh. it's really important. I love it. Mm-hmm. I really, really see this in you too. I mean, just the way that you speak and what comes out, It's I can tell that you're doing the work. Mm-hmm. You're not just one way of giving. It's like you're receiving it. And um, I want to just make the point too, because I know there's a lot of teachers listening. Mm-hmm. And you and I were both teachers, which yeah. I think is cool yeah. in, our, in one part of our lifetime. Yeah. Um, but I find a lot of times in these these professions where it's always giving, whether you're a teacher or a coach or whatnot, it's like we tend to forget to look after ourselves. And if we don't do that, we end up getting very burnt out and less effective. Mm-hmm. So just hearing some of these these things that you're doing is really inspiring because it's a reminder for all of us to make sure that we're loving on ourselves just as much as we're serving everyone else so that mm-hmm. we can be effective and connected and transformative for mm-hmm. for the world around us, yep. which is really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, man, if people, I, I want to hear about the January thing, and then I want to make sure people know how to stay in touch with you um, if this has resonated with them today. So tell us, and this, it's funny because these podcasts, they don't have like a time on them, but if you're listening right now, we're in the year 2018 <laughs> and Natalie, you have an event coming up January, 2019, 2019. but I'm sure there'll be more of these as well in, in the future. What is, exactly is this event you're mm-hmm. putting on or this? So it's a, it's a six week workshop Okay. and, um, it's, yeah, we meet via zoom, uh, conference calling every week and there's workbooks and homework and, and a lot of really great lessons in there. Um, it, it's a little bit of like a creating a community. I call it crave and it's, um, it's an acronym and it's basically a, a program in like feeding your cells, feeding your soul, you know, and really getting clear on what your purpose is here and what is your intention, you know, and to create, it's about creating your life because we are, powerful creators. We were created by creator to create. Mm-hmm. So you create your life. And then that is just like really getting clear on what do you desire to create and then how to go about doing that. And we walk through a process with that. So that's starting in January. Um, wow. sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's so much fun to how, teach. How many people go through this? Is there a limited well, number I've, of spaces? No, there's no limit to, to the number of participants. I, I launched it last January 
and it was really well received. It was beautiful. It was perfect, um, as things always are, exactly as who who is supposed to be there and is is there. Right, shows up. Yeah, oh, I love that. Yeah, I, I just go by that principle, and it's just like the most rewarding thing because it's like you people are exactly who is supposed to be here. Absolutely, yeah, every time. And so, yeah, that's, I, I decided to repeat it because of how well it went over last year. And it's just really valuable tools that people need. You know, people are really in that energy of new beginnings in January. So yes. we may as well capitalize on that momentum um, because I have a background in, in um, phys- physical education and personal training. I add, you know, components of movement to it. Um, I'm a holistic nutritionist, so I add that component to it, really that cellular nutrition. It is like a one-stop shop. That's really amazing how many gifts you have to offer too and and putting them in this program. It's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, isn't it fun when, and I know you do this too, when all things that you have, like you can, you can wear all those hats and bring them all into, you know, what you offer to people. Absolutely. I'm just thinking back to when I, at first I got the cue. I was playing music most of my life Mm -hmm. as a musician. And then I got this cue one day that I needed to start teaching yoga. And I'm like, how is that going to fit into music? And little did I know they're so intertwined. And then this whole piece around mindfulness coming in and the coaching and it's just amazing when, when we're paying attention, just how, when you just trust those gut things, even if they don't make sense at the time, mm-hmm. how they all kind of do align. And um, we're given what we need in order to help serve and to serve ourselves too. And it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's amazing. I got to come to Crave. I love this. Um, so if people want to, more information about your coaching program, Crave, mm-hmm. uh, to stay in touch, questions about what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, only love on emails, please. Uh, <laughs> how do they stay in touch with you? What's your, do you have a website? What's the best way? I to- do have a website. Um, people, I mean, I invite anybody to go there and explore. I've got my, my personal story up there, a little bit of what I shared today, but a whole lot more. Great. Um, there's a little bit of info there about Crave. It's, um, I plan to get that up, um, more details about that in the next uh, coming weeks. Um, if they go to natalierimeranderson.simplero.com. Um, so should I spell it? Maybe Let's spell for it out yeah. for the, so the drivers here. N a t a l i e r e i m e r a n d e r s o n dot simplero. So simple with an e r o, s i m p l e r o dot com. I gotta ask, it's, what's simplero? It is a new hosting um, site. It's it's okay. it's like a WordPress, but but um, Got you know, it. really, yeah. And unfortunately, I'm it my it's transitioning right now to just be natalierimeranderson.com. Okay. But this, yeah, this new format doesn't want to take the simpler out. So I kind of got to arm wrestle with them a little bit. To, okay. To whenever, make that happen. You, whenever you're listening to this, you'll find her. Just Google yeah. Natalie Reimer Anderson. Yeah. Too yeah. Her. Yeah. It should come up. I think I'm the only one. <laughs> I believe so. There's nobody quite yeah, like you. You're yeah. very authentic. You. And Thanks. this has been such a gift to have you mm-hmm. here and get to know you a bit better. And uh, thank you for just being here and sharing your light. Oh man, my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, I hope that's given you some things to think about and to reflect on. Natalie Reimer Anderson, she's just a total wealth of wisdom and knowledge and new ways of thinking. Just before we go, I want to remind you to subscribe to my podcast. It happens weekly. It's called Let's Connect. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, oh, Stitcher, I believe. You can even check it out at my website, keithmcpherson.ca. And I really look forward to you joining me each week here on Let's Connect. Have a great week, everyone.